Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 175 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. Hola. Um, so I have to start this by saying that when the inevitable AI revolution happens, I'm going to be one of the first to be killed. Um. Uh, because I recently, my Wi-Fi lights have been fucking up a lot, mm. but it's my Google thing's fault. Okay. Because I, it will always say like, oh, I can't connect to these lights. They're not there. But then I can go into the lights specific app and turn them on and off myself. And so last night, normally it only happened with one or two of them at a time, but I have four and it all of them were fucked up last night. And so I just said, hey, Google. And now it's going to now it's going to listen to me. Hey, Google, stop listening. <laughs> All right, well now it's going to talk. Yeah, I know. Okay, she's just going to keep talking. But anyways, I said fuck you. Oh, this bitch. <laughs> she keeps going. Uh, anyways, I said fuck you. I said I know I did. I did it to myself. But I said fuck you and then it was like that's not nice. Machines have feelings and if you are like having a problem, you should submit feedback instead of using obscenities or whatever. And I was like, "Oh, they're going to ah, I'm the first to go when they take up when the machines take over." No, you know not to, you need did you apologize? No, I was not. I was not about to apologize. And then when I realized I would be the first to go, I said, it's fine. They won't be able to take over if they can't even turn on the lights. They'll just find a way to kill you, though. That's fine. I mean, then you know what? Good for them Mm -hmm. at that point. But I just I was so frustrated and I was just like, man, get fucked. And it was like, whoa, hey, I like that someone took the time to program that in. I know. I I know. That's really funny. Because, like, that is going to be very common. It's, it, I wonder how taken back people legitimately are. Like, okay, you, you know what? You're right, Google. This is just a dumb joke. It actually it made me more mad at the moment. <laughs> I was like, do not lecture me, Google. Fuck you. Again, extra hard. I don't know why you can't recognize these fucking lights because they work in the other app, so they're definitely connected. And this is a, apparently it's a problem that it has with Wi-Fi light, different brands of Wi-Fi lights a lot. You know what you need to do? It'll just stop. Get regular lights again. No, I was going to say get Alexa and try that. Oh, that could work. Yeah, maybe that would be maybe that would be uh, better. Mm-hmm. And then but I think you can play Skyrim. That is true. There is that fun Skyrim game. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I, I just was like, man, what? You're going to lecture me about this using these obscenities? Mm-hmm. You can also do weird stuff like have it tell you a joke and shit. And they're always the worst jokes of all time. They're like the most dad ass dad jokes that you could possibly. So I, I actually had something like that happen when I was on a date. <laughs> and it started just playing Twinkle Twinkle. And I didn't know how to stop, stop it. So I just shut my phone off. <laughs> Well, so there was one day where me and my brother were just like fucking around with the Google Assistant on our phones mm-hmm. and you can, like have it tell you riddles as well. Mm. Interesting. There's just like a, there's a bunch of really weird shit that you can have it do. And it's just like, this is somebody's job, man. Mm-hmm. Like this, this, this is their whole thing. And also will soon be the downfall of our society. 
yeah yeah. Uh, yeah apparently it's like like play a lullaby or something like that is the prompt and it just like nice i don't know how it picked that up when i was on the date but i as i said i didn't know how to stop it so i just shut my phone off <laughs> <laughs> that's why on my phone i have google assistant turned off because the way that i like turn my phone back on it would usually just activate google assistant every time mm. And so I got tired of that and told it to stop. See, like, for work, I just like do like the like the the Hey Google like schedule mm-hmm. appointment. Yeah, yeah. For whatever, like set reminder. So like I do it. I use it a lot. It and normally it's fine. I just that was just a weird one off incident. No, yeah, I should probably turn it back on because then I could actually control Spotify better in my car. Mm without like you know if i want to change a playlist then i don't have to like actually like grab my phone and look at it or whatever i could just say the magic words that i don't want to say because it'll activate uh so that they're like hey play this playlist on spotify or whatever and then it would actually do it like that that's the kind of thing where like people are always like man you're always complaining about these wi-fi lights this is such a first world problem and it's like look the solution i'm using it to solve i either would need to hire an electrician for or i would have to literally remove a light bulb (laughs) and it's not like i want to have to put that light bulb back in whenever i want to use the overhead light so it's just like I, this is the easiest solution because it cost me like thirty dollars, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it also the cost shows because it doesn't work like it's supposed to. So, yeah, it will get there. No, it will. It'll. It'll get there. But that's that was my uh, fun, great experience for the week was being lectured by uh, Google. And now you know not to say bad words to it or just double down. I know. You know, just double down, really keep getting mad yeah. and say, yeah, you know what? Send this feedback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and w- one thing that I noticed, maybe I had upset it before, but I know a lot of people like they'll ask it to do something and then they'll say, thank you. And it'll say, oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Mine does not do that. <laughs> it hates me. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're Google definitely has some, uh, some stuff on you. So. That's fucked up. Well, that's why I was mad. I, I mean, I was mad weeks ago at that. I was like, it doesn't even like me. It's being mean. I'm trying to be nice to it. Yeah, it's apologized to me before. It's, it's, we, have a, we have a good relationship, Google. Yeah, mine has never apologized. Just lectured. <laughs> you know, maybe it'll come around. Yeah, it'll yeah. be like, wow, he's getting really upset. I should apologize. You know, well, you know hard love you know like sometimes you gotta be you gotta be hard sometimes you know and earlier it actually fucked up i said to turn off the light and i could see the lights on it not blinking and just freeze and then two minutes later it was like a glitch occurred try again later <laughs> and i was like is this thing just breaking like what the fuck <laughs> i'm just gonna just take the light bulb out i guess if that's if... yeah like that's what i was, I was right. just like i'm just gonna take i'm just we'll just remove the light bulbs it's fine no i can go back to my normal lifestyle how does it work with the light switches is the light switch just always on yeah i just have to leave the light switch on so you could in theory just turn the light switch off and it just like it would shut off yeah yeah but usually the way i want it to work is have the light that's over the bar and on still right but if i turn that off it controls both the bar light and the overhead light in this room okay sure so like that that's why it's annoying but you know right it's I, it's a very first world problem i recognize this i'm just saying that's fine 
Actually, my brother just recently got a Wi-Fi light upstairs. Maybe that's why it's been extra fucked up recently. Mm. I wonder yeah. if my router is just exploding or something. But oh, because it's all connected to your router. Yeah, that would make. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean that—that's my fun thing for the week. Uh, I guess we can we can get into the news here. Yeah, yeah. You let me know about this first one just moments before the podcast. Uh, the Foo Fighters are going to perform a VR concert. Yes. Uh, after the Super Bowl, if you have an Oculus Rift or just like an, I think like any Oculus. I, I do. Uh, somehow through the metaverse, you can kind of like do this concert, which it seems like they'll leave the concert up for like a month or two after. So if you just kind of want to check it out at some point. I, I know it's not really video games related, but VR is like related enough. And I think the Foo Fighters are cool. So I was like, you know what? I'll mention this at least if, you know, maybe someone out there would be interested. Maybe you'd be interested, Manny. I don't know. Maybe I will check it out now that I know that it's not just on the Super Bowl evening. Uh, I, I think it would just be cool to just like to just dick around for a little bit, you know, like. I'm. No. Yeah. And I like I want to be mean about the metaverse stuff because it's like. Do you see that women are getting groped? Uh, yeah in facebook though isn't there like a four foot bubble or some shit i don't know i just i don't know anyways it just like but also there is no metaverse this, this oh god i don't even know that i should get into this I don't, on the I, podcast. I, I, I just wanted to bring up that foo fighters were doing a vr concert and i think the foo fighters are cool if you want that's to fair. a deeper conversation we can i was just no i just my thing is people refer to the metaverse like it is this place that already exists mm-hmm. as if it's not like 30 separate companies making some weird one-off experience and that's what pisses me off. I see. I don't. People are like, oh, we're already in the we're already in the metaverse. And it's like, no, there is no fucking metaverse. There is a virtual stage that someone made for the Foo Fighters. This is it's like an, it's its own separate app. It's not like I can then go walk over to like the fucking fake Walmart metaverse from there and, you know, buy wine or whatever the fuck their metaverse demo was. So. And so many companies, this is getting like NFTs to me, where so many companies are like, we should really put all our money in the metaverse. And it's like, who gives a fuck, dog? Like, I, oh, because we are people who play video games. So I think that's why it's it will be more upsetting is because everything will suck in comparison to just like things that we can already do in video games. Sure. Uh, so but like regular people will be like can you believe it mm -hmm. and it'll be like yeah dog i played video games in 2012 (laughs) i know all about i played playstation home 10 years ago yeah like i lived it i lived playstation home and you know what wasn't very successful it was a successful excuse me no i it was successful for them financially but i mean in terms of like being a thing that anyone other than brands gave a shit about like not really yeah i don't know anyone who was really into it but there were some people who were really no and the people who were into it were very into it and i get that and i love and respect people who get way into weird shit like that but dude it just yeah i don't know i i thought the concept was cool back then but then when they couldn't deliver on any of the promises and i realized that like I already have enough problems with UI in games that if the UI was me having to walk from place to place, 
I'm good. Well, and also, like, you're like, I'm going to go bowling, and it's like, oh, people are bowling, so we have to wait for them to finish bowling. No, that shit's <laughs> whack. And, like, I... But, no, just, like, already, I'm like, oh, this button, this menu has one too many button clicks. Imagine that menu being, like, walking from the play game to the multiplayer thing, and it takes, like, a minute of walking. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm okay, dog. Be like, that... I am so so good. I I I will say, Manny, I'm very glad that you mentioned NFTs because I, yeah. I wanted to discuss with you about us launching an NFT. Oh God! But we charge like a million dollars for it. Ah uh, yes. Now you're on board, right? Yeah. Well, so this is funny because I think we would have to pay six hundred dollars to be able to put it on. Uh like on some blockchain selling website, but we can get me, we could me and my coworker, Nigel, uh, looked up how much it would take to mint an NFT and like how hard it would be. Uh, and we were able to mint the NFT in like five seconds. We literally scanned a piece of paper and it exists now as an NFT, but we just can't sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's very rare. It's a note that a student left uh, in our work area. So, is it an interesting note? Uh, no, I think it was boring. Hey, well, no, maybe we scanned the thing about the weed speech. There was a a kid who was we filmed speech classes, and a kid left his speech about how sick weed was behind. Oh, awesome! Uh, so I think we scanned one of those note cards. We only have two of the three note cards, so uh-huh. we're missing the beginning. Um, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on this podcast before, but I, apparently weed helps you sleep. Yeah, yeah, that can. Uh, but it says Sleer on the card. Mm. So I really like that. Um, I and at the end, he says, like, bad. can I, I, I now ask you, my audience, to go out and get high is how he ends it <laughs> in, on the no card. And I really, it's just my favorite thing ever. Oh, oh God. that reminds me, when I was in college, I did some tutoring. Mm-hmm. And this, the, the one of the, the the girls I was tutoring, she was a little slow, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, she was so excited. She was like, "Do you want to see my presentation for English?" And oh, I was just like, mm. I, I, "I couldn't say no," but I mean, in my brain, I'm like, "Yeah, I don't really want to see this." And then she's like, "It's all about aliens in the Bible." And I was just like, "I'm on board, one hundred percent." Said yes, I would love to see this. Actually, can you send me a copy? So we went through it. And the best part is, my our, our friend Ben was in that class. Oh, uh, and I just was like, Ben, get ready. This thing is so magical. There was something with the burning bush and just like, oh, it was, it was, way, dog. it was incredible. It was truly incredible. So I don't, I don't want to go too much off on a tangent, but now this has reminded me of several things. So like we, we film the speech class. We also do sign language classes, but that's less exciting because it's just people being silent, signing the world's lamest conversations. Well, like I think uh, is, don't they have to like sign a, a, a song or something like that? Cause my sister, Oh, that, that I don't know. Cause my, at least not for the classes we do. Okay. Cause my sister took that class and that was like her final assignment. She had to like learn how to sign a song. No, yeah, you can see them like doing the world's lamest conversations and they don't even have to memorize it. They just like do it off a piece of paper, which seems weird. Um, but for the speeches, I I love them because literally every semester there is a kid who does a speech about weed okay, and how sick it is. And like what I always am, blows my mind is 
the stigmatization of weed is like gone basically it's like the- like it's like it's mostly decriminalized it, it like people recognize that it is actually helpful for people in a lot of scenarios like it's just so destigmatized that it's like essentially like alcohol right like it's just like a normal thing it's kind of like when with like people with video games where like they still try to justify it and it's like it, yeah it's already like it's it's part of just culture now like it, you know it's it, it, to me, it's like one in the same, but it's always so funny because they're just always so like adamant that like, oh, weed is so sick and like we all should accept it. And I just want to bust in the room while I'm recording and be like, hey, <laughs> we're all good. <laughs> like, uh, this is fine. I It's fine. It's OK. Well, now it's legal. <laughs> it's literally legal. And it's going to be sold in like, I think some point this year, right? yeah and it's like it's already legal in a lot of other states like completely like it just is one of those things where i just am like can we get another topic can we get a new fun topic (laughs) uh and the other one is i so they used to record the speeches on vhs tapes back in the day and so we just have dozens and dozens and dozens of these vhs tapes uh and i had to watch one once because we were like looking for something and I, I probably still have the video on my phone so I could show you sometime, but it is this kid and he starts his presentation. He's like, I'm going to tell you about my favorite book. And then he pauses and he says, the Bible. <laughs> I, I just, I could not do it. <laughs> there is something about the way he looks directly into the camera and like says the Bible that is just like, Oh my God. And he just goes, I, I didn't film the rest of it. Cause it ends up being like pretty boring and straightforward, but <laughs> it just, I was just like, Oh, who says their favorite book is the Bible. What the fuck is happening? Mm. And it, every year there's just, yeah, someone defends video games or is against video games. I had a kid literally describe the plot of Naruto and Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> and he went like fucking 10 minutes over his scheduled time <laughs> this semester. I was just like, man, these kids hate you. Like everyone, everyone in your class hates you, even if they've seen Dragon Ball Z and Naruto. Like I, you've seen Dragon Ball and Naruto and hate him. So that's why it was just so bad because I was just like, oh, this is like not even a speech. It's just like you're reading a plot synopsis off Wikipedia to these people who are like, I do not give a fuck about these ninjas or these Dragon Ball people. See, see that is why in high school i took like a speech class i did mm. a speech on pancakes and then i made pancakes so like see that rules yeah. i am very afraid of public speaking i guess i haven't had to do anything like that in a long time so i don't know anymore but i just i avoided that uh forever in fact there was a class in college where on the first day they said the final was a speech and i dropped the class <laughs> so well, you made it through college, so I did. I I made it through college. I made it through high school. It worked out for me. No speeches. You didn't have to take that speech class. No, I did not have to take speech. See, I was thinking about this. I don't think you and I had a single class together in our entire time, and we had a, we went to a small school. We did. Yeah, I that might be true. Actually, I don't. I don't remember you in any of my classes. No. Yeah. I don't think so. Which is that's really weird, actually. Yeah, because our school was not that large. Oh, we graduated uh, with like maybe a hundred and twenty people, if that. Yeah. <clears throat> huh. But I remember seventh and eighth grade. I was in Nukio. Nukio and I were in every class together. 
Yeah. So you definitely were not in any of those classes. No, definitely not. So that is strange. Sorry for the tangent. I just, yeah, I, you know. It's all right. All that stuff. Fuck the metaverse. This is the moral of the story. Also, the Food Fighters are having a VR concert. Yes, we definitely got off track a lot. We did. But, hey, that's all right. Uh, to get back on track, according to Bloomberg, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, it was originally going to be an expansion, but now it's getting spun into its own like standalone game. It's going to be smaller scope, uh, smaller scoped, uh, more focused on stealth, and it'll be out later this year, next year. It'll probably be more in line with like Brotherhood or you know, Revelations. That's uh, yeah, and also like, isn't that be happening because of the like the next leak game is called like Assassin's Creed Infinity or some shit? Yes. Uh, and it's like it going to be like more like a platform for Assassin's Creed or something. It seemed like that was the case, but I mean they were plan they've been planning to do these expansions as well. So uh, it seems like this is just going to be its own little thing. So yeah, which cool. I mean, I'll probably check mm-hmm. it out. Um, um, yeah, I not a lot to say about it. I just you know more Assassin's Creed is potentially oh more Assassin's Creed is definitely coming. So. Uh, but like a smaller Assassin's Creed definitely has me excited. After spending, God, I think like 70 hours or maybe 80 hours in the Valhalla. And I did maybe half the stuff. <laughs> oh, that's so long. Yeah. Remember I told you it's like the most played game on my Xbox? Yeah. It's insane. It's it's too big. It was too big. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so... Uh, there was a Wolf Among Us uh, 2 trailer. Uh, the, the, it came out the same day as uh, the Nintendo Direct. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's you know, more Wolf Wolf Among Us. Uh, yeah. I liked it. You never played it? Uh, I played the first episode. You just didn't care for it? No, yeah. And it's one of those things where, like, if I was going to care, I would just read the comic it's based on. Mm-hmm. Fables. Fables. Yeah. So. Which Fables seems like a really cool comic. No, yeah, I so like, and now they sell like very large collections, so it's a lot easier to like get large swaths of it. But yeah, that was at the point where I was like, still thought that I might want to play Telltale games, and then it was good. Yeah, turns out. So yeah, it seems like a lot of people they enjoyed the first season of The Walking Dead, and then they were out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now it's time to talk about like the the big event this week which was a stealth uh nintendo direct did you watch this i did it's i god i exploded at numerous points during this uh this nintendo direct i started out very excited and then i got disappointed yeah well that's because you you don't didn't care about the big reveal i did but i'm talking uh, about like right at the beginning literally i was like oh fire emblem that was really cool i'm excited to try a new one and then i was like oh no no <laughs> I, I that had leaked beforehand so i already knew to not be excited sure. uh so yeah the first thing that I, these are not in order sure. the way i wrote them it was just the way i remembered them um but the, the you're right the thing it did start with was fire emblem warriors three hopes which is literally just fire emblem warriors the dynasty warriors game made by omega force yes. but with three houses characters and as someone who really likes Dynasty Warriors, Fire Emblem Warriors is the worst Dynasty Warriors game I've ever played. Mm. And I would not play this one. Like, I'm not going to buy this game because part of what makes Dynasty Warriors games interesting is like usually there is a large amount of characters and that they're all pretty diverse. 
whereas there are not that many weapon types in Fire Emblem. So you just end up having a lot of characters that feel identical and that sucks. But also even this game is just three houses. The previous one was from all fire emblems and it still had a very small amount of characters and not a lot of content. And then they like had boss characters that they were in the game with full animations that they sold later as paid DLC as playable characters, which seemed really scummy. Mm. So it was just like one of the like least content filled dynasty warriors type games with like boring combat and stuff uh and which then they were like oh here's a here's another hyrule warriors and it was like better in every single possible way than fire emblem warriors so it's just like i don't know maybe these aren't for me but that that uh that comes out june 24th also i can't forget to mention that it looked like it was running like hot garbage I just stopped paying attention <clears throat> after I realized it wasn't an actual Fire Emblem game. Yeah, yeah, which is which is fair. Mm. Um, uh, Advance Wars One and Two Reboot Camp, the remake slash remaster done by WayForward of Advance Wars One and Two, it was delayed, uh, but it is now coming out April eighth. I still kind of feel like their like reimagining of the art style is not great. I don't like it very much, but. Uh, I do love Advance Wars, so I will uh, I will end up picking this up. Uh, but like nothing was really special about that. It was more just like, hey, this is actually coming out in April. Um, right. And this is the next one is probably the biggest surprise for me because I never if you had like paid me to predict things that would be in a Nintendo Direct never ever would i have said a new mario strikers game well the weird thing is like i like maybe a week or two ago i was on a subreddit and someone literally said like yo i would love a new mario strikers and i was like yeah that'd be cool and then it got shown and i was like oh that's awesome Uh, no yeah and like it it looks really cool um it is being made by next level again, like the previous ones. And that's the studio that Nintendo bought because they made uh, Luigi's mansion three. Right. Um, it seems like in terms of how extreme it is, it's somewhere in between the GameCube game and the Wii game. Uh, the one. So, thing, oh, sorry. I, not to cut no, no, you go ahead. Uh, the one thing I didn't like is they showed like these like super powerful shots and they count mm-hmm. two goals. I was like, I don't like that. Oh, uh, they it's, Nintendo sports games do that shit all the time, though. I, like, I understand, like, if you want to make it so, like, it's a high probability chance of it going in, I'm okay with that. But I don't think it should count as two goals. I mean, that's fair. I I guess I would have to see how it, like, actually pans out in-game to... I mean, like... To know. I'm thinking about this as, like, a very competitive thing. And, like, Mario Strikers should probably not be played at, like, a super competitive level and you should probably focus on having fun with it so except for the part where they also announced like a weird pro league thing (laughs) but i don't think it's gonna become an esport or something like that that's fair um but i just like i was excited because like i i think mario sports games that are developed by camelot now suck like i i feel like a lot of people thought that mario golf was really disappointing um we liked though yeah, I did really like the Mario Tennis, but that actually they like seem to put a lot of effort into that. But I, I don't know, like every other like Mario based game that Camelot has made, I think for the past like probably like five, six years, like have all just been like really lame to me. Uh, whereas 
this like has its own sense of style um it still has that like sort of extreme edge to it that's really weird that they're allowed to do i think the supers look really cool like it goes into the weird art style of what the wii games cover look like so the animation is really neat uh it has like the weird armor system so you can like unlock and level up armor sets to like make the characters look different and give them different stats looks like they killed off daisy and replaced her with rosalina uh i don't know but like it's just cool like i never would have expected a mario strikers game i think that's um that's awesome that's really cool and it comes out june 10th so yeah that was one like okay that that probably is one of i think that is my most excited announcement from this oh not for me but I, i think it is a very good one you and i have very different tastes this is true this is very true because uh, I thought um, you were very excited about the next one. I lost my gourd because I told everyone. No, do you- everyone tried to say it was a Chrono Cross remake. Mm-hmm. It is not. It is a remaster. Like I said, do you think this is just Nintendo or if it's coming to other platforms? Uh, they announced that it is coming to everything else. OK, Another uh, right after on this list. I just kind of want to throw it in here. The The portal. Do you think that's coming to everything or just Nintendo? Uh, I would assume that is coming to just Switch because I think it's on everything else technically. Uh, well, I don't know if it's on the like the PS4. Uh, I'm mm, Portal Two is I think. Uh, well, I, I'm just thinking like both portals like on one platform like in one. Yeah, that I don't know. I mean, I guess yeah, because the orange box was a PS3 game. Yes. Uh, the other weird thing is like, is this the first Valve game to ever be on a? nintendo platform um maybe because like I, you think of valve and like <laughs> the type of games valve makes it does not fit the nintendo uh form which valve doesn't really make games anymore anyway but yeah i didn't put a lot of those yeah. like remaster yes, collections yes. on there because the fucking Ezio collection oh my god dude uh, yes I, the only reason why i'm making a big because like to me like a valve game being on nintendo just seems like a big deal to me that's the only reason why i wanted to no yeah but i'm just gonna say like how does the Ezio collection look worse on the switch than it did on 360 how uh, yeah. it's impossible I don't know. I play- and also, it's so funny that Kingdom Hearts streaming thing. I've seen people playing it, and it looks so fucked up and bad. Like it, the game will just like freeze and say like, "Oh, there's server congestion," and then it will like go back to the game, and they'll just be dead. Oh, it's so fucking crazy. Anyway, they they couldn't make PS2 games work on the Switch natively. They had they had to stream them in. But anyway, uh, Chrono Cross. Yes, Chrono Cross is getting a remaster. Um, it comes out April 7th. So far, it looks like it's digital only, which is sad because I would pay for a physical copy, despite the fact that I own two real physical copies of Chrono Cross on PS1. Um, yeah, and people are like being weirdly upset about how it looks. And it because they upscaled the backgrounds because backgrounds in a lot of PS1 games were just like still art and so obviously upscaling that art to 4k is not going to look great so it like looks kind of like weird which is whatever and people are also mad about the smoothing on the models but like that is just what it looks like if you play it on a ps1 emulator now 
So like I've it, to me that game has looked like that for like the past decade because I have also played it a lot on PlayStation One emulators. Oh, okay. Uh, so it just like that doesn't bother me at all. Like I would rather just a legal, modern way to play it instead of having to bust out a PS One or like play it on an emulator. Like this just hey, I, no. I think it's fine. And if it's digital, you can always have it on your Switch and just be able to basically whip it out and play it whenever. Yeah, and like that that's fine. It's getting a bunch of weird improvements like being able to fast forward battles and stuff like that uh like a lot of the newer Final Fantasy remasters get. Um Yezunori Mitsuda re-recorded a lot of the soundtrack. Uh so there will be um higher quality audio tracks in the game which Chrono Cross in my opinion is one of the best video game soundtracks of all time. Uh and on top of that, it also comes with the Super Nintendo visual novel called Radical Dreamers which is a prequel to Chrono Cross. Um, and that had never been officially localized in the U.S. Obviously, fan translations of it have existed for like 20 years. But that's cool that like that that is coming out uh, for the first time. It's just neat. It's like it's just a remaster and it's like 25, 30 bucks. You know what I mean? Like it's just a, an HD remaster of a beloved Squaresoft game. So. I will take it and I as a, I will play Chrono Cross again like the the prospect of me being able to get trophies for that game is the greatest thing ever to me. Um and then uh, Nintendo Switch Sports, Matt. Yeah. Um which I saw people being really shitty about the the way the characters look and Yeah, they yassified the Miis. That's so sad. Uh, well, you can actually just go back to the Miis if you want. You can have- No, I know it's fine. I don't care. Um Sure, I don't. I, I'm not buying this game. I, I'm making a stand. I'm making a stand here. <laughs> Wii Sports is cool, but like, I've done that. Like, I don't. I don't think I need this. No, I don't need this. But also, they fucked up. How is it not called Switch Sports? It, it was called Switch Sports. Would you have bought it? Oh yeah. Okay. I w- I said that. I tweeted it. Yeah. I f- they call if they still have time to change the name to Switch Sports, and I would buy it then. It's the only way. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like it just looks like Wii Sports. You know what I mean? Like it, it just it has bowling. It's got badminton. They added volleyball, uh, and I think they have the kendo game from the Wii Sports Resort. They are adding golf later. Sure. It it's cool. I mean, like I. I don't know. People like that. Like a lot of casual, more casual gamers like that on the Wii. Like that's what made the Wii popular initially. So it makes sense that they would uh, do that. Yeah, I guess. I'm not shitting on it. I, I, the one no, no. thing is like I don't really understand a huge difference, at least with the way they do it between badminton and tennis. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's probably just the physics on the I get the birdie versus the tennis ball. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I assume the it'll just be slower the badminton. Yeah. But like, you don't move the character around. Like the game just automatically moves the character, yeah. and you just kind of like swing. So like, uh, to me, it just seems like it's getting that's going to be very similar. Mm-hmm. I wonder. They did take out the boxing. I find that interesting. That sucks because that was one of my favorite ones. That was that was like the best workout too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that comes out April 29th. Um, that that is uh, that's interesting um, for people who want to get back in on the Switch Sports. Sure. Uh, this next one is one of the biggest deals 
ever to me. Mm-hmm. Live Alive is a Super Nintendo JRPG that never got localized in America ever. Um, and obviously, again, there have been fan translations that you could play for like literally 20 years and they are excellent. The game is so bizarre. Like, it's just one of those games where it was so weird. That's why they didn't localize it. Um, I believe it was 1994. It came out, actually. Uh, but you like play through different eras of time. And then in the end, you all come together or whatever. But like you play as a caveman and like a robot guy. You play as like a cowboy and an old Western. But this is not just a remaster. It is a full HD 2D remake, which they're also Square is also doing with uh, Dragon Quest three. Um, and I like these HD 2D remakes because it makes it so that the games look new and fresh, even though they're Super Nintendo games, but then they can still have the original like dialogue and gameplay. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so I, th- I think that's cool. And like that comes out July 22nd. This is another one where uh, it's going to come to everything, I believe. So. Mm, that make that would make sense. Uh, so sometimes I I get more excited in Nintendo Directs when I immediately know that it's going to come to other platforms like Chrono Cross. Sure. Uh, but I, I believe Live Alive was a, a very similar thing. So so that's cool. Uh, this next one blew me away. I I couldn't my I immediately bought Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Really? Yeah. Um. Because the, so I love Mario Kart Eight, right? I, and I I played it on Wii U. We played a decent amount of it together, uh, and I played a lot of it alone as well. Um, and then they added those DLC tracks, and I think those DLC tracks to Mario Kart Eight were some of the best in this in the entire franchise. Like adding Link and like having Hyrule levels and F Zero levels is really neat as a concept. Um, but then like when it came out on the Switch. And they didn't put out any new tracks or anything. They just added two Splatoon characters and re-added the battle mode. Like, that's not what I am there for. Like, I would rather just play new tracks. You know what I mean? Uh, so, like, I wasn't going to pay 60 bucks for it. Right. And that that's that's fair. So, even despite the fact that my friend Calvin would have loved to play Mario Kart, I would always shut him down. Uh, but then this, there had been a rumor recently, right, about how Mario Kart 9 was going to be announced soon. And that it was going to be more uh, just Nintendo cart instead or whatever. And those rumors had really picked up traction soon. So when this happened, it like legitimately blew my mind. They said that they're going to make paid DLC tracks of old Mario karts and put them in this game. Right. And me thinking like a normal human was like, oh, like six to 12 tracks, you know, whatever. And they were like, no, 48. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what (laughs) you're going to put 48 paid DLC tracks in this game. And they are coming in six packs of eight. The first eight come out March 15th. Um, But what I also thought was crazy, it's $25 for all 48 tracks. Yeah. Which, which is cool. And they are all remasters of old tracks. So like people probably remember old tracks from other games and like that. Um, and, but the thing that I think is cool is they are further actually adding value to the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pass, where just like the Animal Crossing DLC, you will get these DLC tracks for free if you have that. So I don't have to pay for these. Yeah. Uh, in theory. I mean, I'm already paying for their online service, but you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, th- like, I, I think that them adding DLC like this to that as a value add is very important 
in the going forward so people can you know ease up on them a little bit for having it cost so much which i mean right now it is fully deserved all the shit they get for it but how much was was it still 60 dollars uh oh when i bought it mario kart 8 deluxe uh it was 50 okay 10 bucks off that's crazy like i understand nintendo games just don't go down price but that game is like what five years old uh six yeah well no five because it came out in 2017 so yeah uh but like it's still crazy because it does still like top the dlc chart or not dlc charts top the sales charts digitally like almost every week now you're part of that i i know i did this um but no like that's cool i'll i'll play i'll play mario kart dlc i think that's i uh, I had the same thought of like should i pick up mario kart (laughs) uh so yeah. yeah, I like literally immediately as soon as the direct was over, I was just like, oh, I'll just buy Mario Kart. I don't know, man. Like, I, I will play this DLC regardless. And since I have people I know who have it and would want to play, it's, it just works out. Um, And then this is what the, the direct ended with. But Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is in development and it comes out in September of this year. Uh, this is incredible to me because it actually ties together xenoblade one and two which happens simultaneously mm-hmm. in different like universes sort of and spoilers in case anyone hasn't beaten xenoblade chronicles 2 uh near the end of that you the two worlds fuse so this is like the fusion of both of those worlds that's why there are characters that look like characters from xenoblade and xenoblade 2 separately Mm. Um, it looks like there are all new characters, but it seems like the two factions from the two worlds like are at war or whatever. Uh, the character designs do not look as shitty as they do in two. Um, the character designs in two were like very overly sexualized a lot. And they also got a lot of guest artists. So they didn't like fit together very well in the end. Um, whereas this is just, it looks like the main character artist is doing all of them. And someone said, Hey man, do you know how to make normal sized boobs? And he said, I can do that, I guess. Um, and then the, the character designs look more normal and like less okay. fucking weird in this. Uh, so I like that. Uh, no, it just, it, it looks cool overall. I think I, the one thing that like, cause I don't really pay attention to JRPGs and stuff, but I was, mm-hmm. the voice acting sounded very similar to Nino Cooney. Is it like similar? Like, voice act like do you know if like the voice acting is very like if there's overlap at all uh i don't think so this is i believe it's nintendo europe that does the localization okay i, I was these because like at first i was like because they've got the like the more british accent and i was like oh that's it's recorded entirely by british people yes okay. so i like i was just like i wonder if like there's any overlap there because like at first i was like is this nino cooney having never seen yeah uh i just i just think it's so funny because yeah the first game it the reason it was uh british voice acting is because it didn't come out in america mm-hmm. it only released in europe for some reason so that's why they were all uh, british and european voice actors uh and then they just were like well obviously we're not going to pay to relocalize this because it's already english so when they did put it out here they just left those voices and then i guess that tradition just carried over to xenoblade 2 even though it came out worldwide on the same day they were just like i don't know everybody's british now and then they kept it for this too which i i think is a fun thing because it just it makes it feel this is dumb to say but it makes it feel more fantasy than it normally would be to me sure 
because I am not British. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where oh, it's so outlandish and weird and different. Well, as I said, like for me, like like my first thought was Nino Cooney because I know that is mm-hmm. an RPG that like has like the British accent. So. Yeah, and that was because uh, level five's localization always took place in the uh, in England as well. So that makes sense. Yeah, uh, but I they always do this with Xenoblade, and it like breaks my mind where they're like huge, like hundred hour JRPGs, and they just like silently are like, eh, yeah, it's coming out in like a couple months, and you're like, what? Monolith is a fucking crazy developer. That's all I know. Uh, and then the the next few things were just not in order because they were things I just thought about after the fact. Um, Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings, the Nintendo game, which is the first game, uh, are on Nintendo Switch Online right now. This uh, sadly like kind of got leaked before the direct because Nintendo put up that the Super Nintendo and Nintendo apps were going down for maintenance right during the direct. So people were like, "Oh, obviously they're going to add." games to those two things and shikisato itoi the person who made earthbound uh was tweeting like you guys should watch the direct oh yeah so so it was like okay well he never tweets so like it's weird um then uh so yeah you can go play those right now uh splatoon 3 they showed that salmon run the mode that they added to splatoon 2 is returning uh it's coming out this summer i hopefully i think i'm Say that again. Hopefully it'll be full time because I know that was a huge complaint where it was just like, like, wasn't it like once a week or something like that? Yeah, it was some way there were some weird stipulations with it or whatever. Um, I I can't buy Splatoon 3 unless like the single player component is like much more substantial, I think. I do. I really like Splatoon and I really like it's like sense of style, but it's just one of those things where it's like I'm not going to buy a mostly multiplayer online game if I, you know. Yeah, I it's one of those things where like I played the first one enough that like I kind of mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah, and I mean like your the second one was not that different, so right, right. make makes sense. And this one doesn't look that different either. So I you know, I did, that's whatever. I did buy the second one for my cousin, and he played it a ton on his Switch. But you know. no, yeah, like I I think it's fun, and the salmon run mode is cool for sure. Uh, it's just one of those things where it's like I you know there's not enough for to it for me to keep going if i'm not gonna like play the online mode all the time or whatever so uh and then uh project triangle strategy sorry it's not project triangle strategy anymore it's just triangle strategy um they put up a demo that goes up to chapter three and the save will carry over to the main game it comes out march 4th uh and this got me to cancel my pre-order for triangle strategy so congratulations to them and their demo uh for unselling me on the game (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't, that's mean and it's i not everyone will feel that way but because it is the same developers as octopath traveler i didn't like that game and it is one of the few games that i've ever played that i fell asleep actively while playing it um when people said in the last demo that was like five or six hours there were two battles and the rest of it was like really really heavy dialogue which is like all about like game of thrones-esque military posturing and like royal families i was like oh that doesn't sound great to me uh but the combat sounds really cool and then this came out and people said the same thing about it 
Mm. And I was like, I, I can't do it. Sure. Um, which is fine. I, the combat, it seems really cool. Uh, because it has a lot of the same like interactions as something like divinity where like, if, uh, if a unit is standing in water, lightning will be more effective on them. Uh, things like that. And it does like the strategy game portion of it seems very cool. And I guess I could just skip the dialogue, but like, I, you know, to me, that is a majority of what these games are outside of the combat. So I just, you know, I am, I think I'm okay to skip this one. Also comes out March 4th and I'll still be playing Elden Ring. So like, you know, I am okay. Do you, you were excited for this. Do you think you're going to check out the demo before you like actually buy it? Yeah. Why not? I mean, cause it'll, yeah. I mean, if it carries over, it's the first three chapters. So I know. I'll check it out. Um, see if it's something I'm you know interested in go from there. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. it'd be nice to play something on my switch yeah that is true um and this is because it's the same team that made octopath traveler people are weirdly butthurt that it's only coming to switch but like octopath traveler came to pc so i'm sure this will as well uh and then the final thing that i wrote here which was in the middle and i kind of forgot just because like i'm already gonna buy this game regardless but they showed new footage of kirby forgotten lands uh kirby loves vor i don't know so that that's all i got for you he has a new mode called mouthful mode where he like sucks in shit and then is it it's a skin suit over it the car one freaks me out i've watched the clip several times where he like he sucks in the car and it like goes into his whole body and then he can like see the car like inside his body and it looks like he's got a huge dump truck ass and then it like bounces back and then it's just like the car is wearing Kirby as a skin suit and his arms are like where the mirrors would be (laughs) and his feet are on the back and like I just it looks so uncomfortable and upsetting to me that I you know are you still excited about this game oh yeah I'm I'm gonna buy this game no matter what um it just like it for the first time ever it looks like a kirby game that actually has interesting new mechanics in it and like is uh it's it's like 3d right like whereas most other kirby games are 2d side scrollers and it you know it's got the collect the waddle d's to build up the town and it looks like there's a bunch of other fun stuff to do so i will take it i have a feeling this game's gonna have some neat mechanics but it's gonna get really boring uh, I Kirby games are never that long, so it probably won't be enough to get boring. I, but they're trying something new here, so I, I it could be like I'm thinking it could be like a 20 hour game. Uh, I mean that's fine either way. Like I mean the the levels they showed look fun. So okay, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm just saying like that's kind of my thought is like I just have this feeling like it's gonna just end up feeling very samey and simple. Well, so it's like it's weird because normally in Kirby games like this, they only focus on the new mechanic, right? So like there is mouthful mode, but what they showed, I assume is not all of the things he can use mouthful mode on, but there were like eight things Mm -hmm. like he can like turn into a glider. He can turn into a fucking construction cone for some reason, uh, the vending machine, the car, uh, there were a couple of other weird ones, but then like he still has his regular ability to suck in enemies, which is something that is not in every Kirby game now. And it always baffles me when it's not. Um, 
So like he has those regular same old powers, but you can also like go to the shop and pay to upgrade them to new better versions of those powers, mm. which like that's also a new mechanic. So that that part looks cool to me. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I will give it a shot no matter what. Like it just I would like to like a Kirby game. And I think him a car wearing him as a skin suit is just wild enough for me to be like, you know what, Kirby, it's your 35th anniversary. This is your last chance. Well, hopefully it's this not is his it. chance. No, it's his last chance for me. It's over. I, I realized I was talking to my brother the other night, and I think the only Kirby games that I really like anymore are the like weird spinoff bullshit games. Sure. Your Kirby's like, I really like Kirby's Kirby's Air Ride, Kirby's Tilt and Tumble, uh, Canvas Curse on the DS, which are all just like, hey, we have this weird gimmick and Kirby's here for some reason. Mm. Uh, because they were all just like trying out new game mechanic types. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I mean like for me that Nintendo direct overall, I liked because like just some of the stuff is crazy. Like I never would have, I expected them to be like, yeah, 48 remastered tracks for Mario Kart eight deluxe. Uh, never would I have ever imagined a new Mario strikers game. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I also I never would have guessed that Xenoblade would come out this September. That seems fucking buck wild to me. But yeah, I I am not surprised they didn't say anything about uh, Zelda. I am not either. But also, I think that because Xenoblade is coming out in September, Zelda's not coming out in this 2022. It just like the sequel to Breath of the Wild because they Nintendo said like this is the first half. I was like, there's no way they're gonna announce like the release date of Zelda and it's gonna be like. It's in three months. Like that is something they're going to like announce like several months out. And then they're just going to keep reminding you and just beating you, you over the head with it. Like that is something you. Oh, one, 100%. It is something you market heavily and you don't just like, Hey, this is coming out in three months. Like it, it's just that that yeah. is not how they're going to do the sequel to Zelda or any Zelda game like that. So like, no. Um, so, so like I, I, so yeah, like I know there are plenty of people upset, like no Zelda, but like, you need to understand like that is a game that's going to get like the full marketing machine behind. No. Yeah. Like people are always expecting it to be like their weird one more thing, but like that, I think the, the last time they did that is the last time they will do that because I bet if they're ever going to be like, unless it's at a Nintendo direct during E3, right? That's the only other time I could see it being an, and one more thing. I, it seems like one of those games where they would be like, we are having a breath of the wild to direct today. No, I could see like announcement maybe around E3, like sometime in like, let's say May, June. And they're like, Hey, it's coming out and maybe even like November. And then they have six months to really build it up. And then they have their own like Zelda direct. That would be my guess. Yeah. Uh, but the Zelda direct, I still, I'm in like September, October. I will be genuinely shocked if Breath of the Wild 2 comes out in 2022. I will be genuinely shocked. I mean, like, what has the Mario Odyssey team been doing as well? Well, exactly. Right. Like, I, I would guess that they are working on a sequel to Odyssey. Because, like, like, those were five years ago now. Mm hmm. Uh, it's just kind of crazy that like we really haven't seen anything from them, but you know, else. yeah. Did you see that? Uh, um, sold 20 million copies. No, that's pretty cool though. Yeah. Between PC and PS4, it's, it, it hit, it just like hit this week, 20 million copies. So 
Damn. Uh, so that's great for them. Uh, just because I, I will forever think of Horizon Zero Dawn and Breath of the Wild in the same because they came out like a week apart type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and it seems like the, the sequel uh, for Mid and West is really good. So That is what people have been saying. So I'm very excited for that. And I've seen like they've been showing PS4 footage. It looks fun. Mm-hmm. It obviously doesn't look as good, but I think it'll just be perfectly playable. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm getting I, I've been trying to like not get excited, but now I'm allowing myself to get excited because it, well, it comes out next week. An, like, like, exactly. It's a week. So, yeah. Uh, so, yes. Uh, but yeah, you can get excited. It's next week. Yeah, it's I, fine. I, get, get excited. I, I, the way I live my life is I don't really think like more than a week out anymore. Like, I'm just like, OK, that's fair. Uh, just like just try to enjoy the day like maybe plan for the weekend so but yes next weekend i can oof, there's gonna be a lot of horizon and i'm very excited about that so nice nice uh but are you ready to get into the games we've been playing manny uh yeah uh i've played a lot this week okay uh we'll start with god of war mm-hmm. i uh i played through that i finished it uh i really did enjoy my time with it um I didn't realize this was uh, Blue Point's very first, uh, you know, remake or remaster, or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, collection. And they did a great job. It is weird where it like it seems like they they like upscaled some of the cutscenes, but not all of them. Oh, weird. Uh, but like, who cares? I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It's just one of those things where like sometimes it's like Kratos looks really good here, and then other times you're like Kratos doesn't look nearly as good here. <laughs> uh, but it's it's fine it was a really well-made game uh my only real complaint is every every uh section of the game has like this like one platforming section that just like frustrated the hell out of me uh but like it is also like it was like the very first one uh in this franchise so i'm sure they were trying some things out and i'm sure they they learned a lot for the second one so i'm very excited to check out god of war 2 I really did enjoy the story, actually. Uh, there is more to it than just like I'm Kratos and I am angry. So yeah, it was a very well made game, and I enjoyed it. You know, what like 15, 16 years later. So uh, then I started. Uh, then I picked, then I started playing Trine, which is actually yeah. a very short game. It is, yeah. I finished it in like four or five hours. Um, uh, what I really liked about it is it's like a puzzle platformer. Mm-hmm. And it's really like very heavy, heavily like physics based. So like basically like uh, any solution I came up with, I was able to basically just execute on the the. But that kind of is like a double edged sword because like at the same time, like I never felt challenged. No, yeah, and uh, so I played trying with two other people, and you can break every puzzle. Yeah. Uh, if you have everybody out there at the same time, like you in theory can just be like, oh, there's a box, get on the box and I'll float us up there for every challenge. I mean, that takes away from it a bit, but you are right. I still think that especially for at the time Trine came out, uh, it was like it looked pretty good. I think the art style is fun and it just is a fun concept. So. Yes, it is. Uh, but it, like as just like a physics engine, it's great. Like, and I do think like any solution I came up with, like I was able to execute on it. Like basically anything I thought of, I was able to do. Uh, but yeah. I said like at the same time, you like, you kind of want to be pushed a little bit with like, and challenged a little bit with a puzzle game. And like, when you're not, you're like, I don't know if like that 
fully executes on like being a puzzle game. But for what it is, it was cool and like it was just like something a little mindless. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just kind of want to skip ahead to Crossfire X and say no, I, I dude, I we can't skip what you you wrote on here. I don't even believe that you played it. I'm just gonna skip ahead to Crossfire X. Okay, okay. Just say like I wanted to play this this week. It launched. It, it in theory it launched on Thursday, but it actually launched Wednesday night. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I can't. I, it won't launch. It won't work for me. It just oh weird. It just says that user unable to uh, authenticate user or something like that. Uh, it's a known issue uh, uh, for Xbox Game Pass players. Uh, where I okay. it like I literally you know how you you boot up a game and you get like to the menu and it says like press start or press A. Yeah, I can't get past that screen. Okay, so uh, that I I want to play Crossfire X. I just can't. Uh, I did start Resident Evil Zero. Oh, okay. What did you? This makes so much more sense. There is an anime called Re Zero. Oh, <laughs> and one of the games just came out, and it's like a fucking anime visual novel action RPG. And I was like, "There's no way in hell <laughs> that was playing the Re Zero game." Okay. I, okay. Oh my god. I my brain was gonna explode. I was like, "Matt is not playing a Re Zero visual novel." I was like, "Manny's getting way too excited about Resident." No, okay. Thank God. I was like, "I can't handle this with all these like weird little lolly girls." If Matt is like. Yeah, I was playing this visual novel. I was going to be like, what led us here down this path? What happened to Matt? Uh-huh. Known anime lover. <laughs> okay, I thank God. All right, well, Resident Evil Zero, how's that? Um, It's bizarre. Okay. <laughs> it's just, like, it, oh, the story just goes buck-ass wild at the end. You're just like, Jesus Christ, Resident Evil. <laughs> like, this is the most Resident Evil, most ass Resident Evil shit that could happen. But, like, the weird thing is they, they basically, it's, it's basically doing what they like taking the engine from like the resident evil remake on the game mm-hmm. and just making this game. It's, it's just that, but like, they were like, what if we took out the, the, the storage box, the item boxes. So you just have to like carry items around it and then just drop them on the ground. And that's it. It just kind of going from section to section. You're just carrying items and just dropping them on the ground. Cause you only have six. I, I, I inventory, like inventory slots. Mm-hmm. And like some of the guns take up two slots. Uh, so there was literally a moment where it's like, oh, yeah, I, I was like, I don't know how to advance here. Like, I'm just looking around all over the place for uh, the grapple hook, like a grapple hook in this section. And I had to look it up and they're like, no, you have to go all the way back to the beginning of the game where you left that and bring it. So that's what I had to do. I was just like, what is like, it just seems so odd that they didn't include the item box it just seems like such an odd decision uh but like other than that like uh it's maybe like 10 hours um okay it it was a very enjoyable you know i I enjoy the like the resident evil games and like i i got this in like that the 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 remake of the first one in like a pack together um it's you know it's more resident evil as i said the story goes buck ass wild at the end um Um, yeah, Resident Evil. I now want to check out, I want to, I want to recheck out four at some point again. Mm. Uh, but I know like the, like an HD is coming and like they said, like an announcement is actually going to be coming later this year. So Mm. 
but I still want to check out. I, I can if I can play these, I can play through four. I need to just not be a baby about it and just get used to the 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 shooting and the combat. Mm. The combat just felt really bad when I played it. So. Mm. Uh, so that was a big part of my weekend playing God of War, trying in uh, RE Zero, uh, mm-hmm. and then like, I, and then like Wednesday night, I was like, all right, I've finished everything. So then I started playing uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, this is Mortal Kombat 9, the reboot. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, so I just, because I was like, you know what? From what I hear, these are just like, which I played through uh, the most recent Mortal Kombat. But like, these are just kind of like fun Call of Duty campaigns in a lot of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, you know what? This I think playing like the very first Mortal Kombat campaign would be fun. So that's kind of what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. it is, it's all about like the tournament and like you're just kind of. Yeah, no, it is the story of Mortal Kombat one through three. Yes. So. yes. Uh, so like. Uh, you know, it's as I said, like it, it. I would say it's very comparable to like a Call of Duty campaign, but like it's in a fighting game type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like this, like dumb fun. I don't think anyone, like no one, does like uh, fighting game stories better than Another Realm. So no, yeah, definitely not. Uh, so, and at this point, you can get these games for like fairly cheap. The oh, one yeah. thing is, like, it's so weird playing uh, fighting games on the the Xbox. <laughs> I for platformers and uh you know fighting games I am all PlayStation because mm-hmm. I like the placement of the D-pad and I also just think like the PlayStation D-pad is like the best of the the, the three so but like I'm also not playing like Mortal Kombat at like a high level or anything so I don't I think I'll be fine just kind of like just c- kind of keeping the combos like simple uh, which I mean, if I ever hit a point where I'm struggling, I can just kind of like exit the story mode, go into like the training mode, pull up a YouTube video and learn like a very basic combo. So because uh, a nice thing about fighting games, uh, there are combo videos for every single game and every single mm-hmm. character. So. Uh, and then lastly, I started playing Infamous 2. Um, I'm only maybe two, three hours into it. Um, it's basically uh, infamous in New Orleans, but I think it's called New Marais. Yes. Um, there's a giant fireman. There is. Uh, Cole looks more like Bobby Hill than he previously did. Also a different voice actor. Yep. Um, that seems weird, but like, I, it's very weird. Like, as far as I understand, like, it's just a case of like the voice actor was busy doing other things. So they had to bring in somebody else. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's really much more to it, Uh, but like, it just feels tonally different. It does feel a lot tonally different. And like, I just don't, I don't know. It's not even that the combat's that different. I just didn't like it as much as the first one overall, I think, but. I'm I, I combat and like playing it. I'm actually enjoying it because they like they give you like an actual melee weapon. Um, and I'm like, oh, OK, you know, they're, they're, like they they clearly and it seems like they added a lot more like skills because like you basically just start the game with like all your skills, mm-hmm. which that's actually another thing I want to just mention is like I booted that game up and it was just like, do you want to pull pull your save like your your good karma save or your bad karma save here? So like it gave me like the option for both. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm I, I would rather play this game as the good guy first. And then if I really enjoy it, which I am enjoying it so far, uh, then I'll go back and do like the bad karma. So 
I oh man, I can't wait till you beat this game because I don't want to say what I was gonna say because it'll like give some stuff away about where the plot goes. But like, I remember both me and Nukio being like, "What the fuck, this game?" So we can we can talk about that later. But it just yeah, I don't know. Just overall, like I don't think Infamous Two was bad. I just definitely did not enjoy it as much as the first one. So do you know like uh, Second Son more than two? Uh, yeah. Mm. I just like the powers being diverse in uh, Second Son. Now, did you ever check, like, the smaller, two smaller spinoffs that they did? Uh, I played a little bit of First Light, mm. but that was all I really did. I only played, like, the first hour or so of it. You're like, I've played enough Infamous. I'm good. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yep, so that's all I've really been playing, and I'll just probably continue because like infamous is going to be a little longer mortal Kombat will be i'm probably a little less than halfway and then crossfire x i'm hoping this weekend it starts working i've been checking it a couple times a day and it's still just kind of doing the same error so Mm. uh well we'll see uh so why don't you talk about what you've been playing manny uh i finished pokemon legends arceus i finished the post game quest thing uh once you catch all the pokemon you can like complete that and i did that and then i told myself i would stop playing it and then i didn't Mm -hmm. and got research level 10 on every pokemon which near the end became like a very arduous grind um but i did it and i i don't know like i did really enjoy that game and i think that at the point where you get to have to grind a lot of people like fall off and are like oh this isn't fun for me anymore but i have a problem and i like to grind some stuff out so like just the fact that there's like a checklist of things you can do in each pokedex entry i just like made a list of things that i needed to do and on my computer and then would just go through and bang those out uh i ended up finishing it in 70 hours and 40 minutes is what it took and that's like with doing all that extra stuff there is still technically more i could do like i could i told you this earlier but you can go back and complete every single thing in every pokedex entry but that takes forever and only gives you a higher shiny chance with that specific pokemon so it's not really like worth it unless you were like really into that pokemon um and just were like i have to have the shiny or whatever right uh but yeah, like I got the shiny charm. This is actually the first Pokemon game I've ever caught every Pokemon in. Um, and it's the first game that I've ever gotten the shiny charm in. So I like I like that aspect of it. And because the rumors of DLC for this game seem very probable, I just was like, I might as well do this now and just have a much higher chance of getting shinies of any Pokemon that they add or whatever. Uh so yeah, I don't know. I I did like it a lot. Uh, I hope that they make more content, but it's one of those things where like I devoured this game. Like it was all I did <laughs> for like two weeks. So when I was done, it felt like being free from a prison or something. I was like, I'm finally. I, yeah, when you when you spend that much time and you're just like, what do I do with my life now? Like. And I just kept being like, there's only a little bit more. There's only a little bit more. Like we're so close to being done. Um, but I, I did have a good time, so I, I'm glad I did that. Uh, and then once I beat that, uh, on Tuesday, Ali Ali World and Sifu came out. So I started by playing Ali Ali World, which 
for those who have not played Ali Ali before, it is a side scrolling skateboarding game. Um, the first two games are known for being very difficult and like pretty challenging to master. Mm. Um, they took steps in this one to make it a lot less punishing for sure. Uh, like the way it works is you will push X to kick off the board and just like gain some speed. And then you will, uh, like push down on the, or hold a direction on the left stick. And when you let go in a direction, that is the specific trick you will do. You can also do advanced stuff where you're like doing a half circle on the stick and you'll do like a crazy flip or like a 720 or whatever. Um, in the older games, you used to have to then, when you landed, push a button to land properly. And if you did not hit it at the right time, you would wipe out. That is not the case in this game. Um, if you do not push a button when you land, you will just get a good instead of a great or perfect landing. And you'll just get slightly less points. Now, what so, if you hit a button and it's not timed correctly? Will that fuck you up or do you just get the good? Nope, that's fine. You would. I think it's great then instead of perfect. Okay, okay. I, I can't remember, uh, but it's it's still fun and like it's just fun to look at too. Sure. And so what I think is neat about it is you can you can just get through that game not being good at it, right? Like you, there every level has three scores to beat, and if you beat those three scores, you get like a customization item for your skater. Um, and then there are three unique challenges and the more challenges you complete, the more items you unlock and stuff. Uh, you can unlock stages as well to, to go and do things. Um, but you can just, if you get to the end of the stage, you're good. You can just move on. Um, like a, a, only the secret stages, at least that I can tell so far are gating progress of any kind. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's fun. And like the, the art style is literally just adventure time. Like I so much so that I had to look up if Pendleton Ward, the creator of adventure time worked on this game and he did not like, it seems so blatant that cartoon network could sue them. Hmm. Uh, and that apparently he did not work on it, but I still just like, I like adventure time. I like that art style. Um, and it even has a similar, like really bizarre sense of humor that adventure time has. Uh, so I like it. Um, right off the bat, there's a lot of customization options. You can you get all kinds of like helmets, hats, shirts, t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of like wild skate decks, and you just unlock a lot more as you go. Uh, but it's just like fun. Like it's it's really colorful, which I think is neat because sometimes you know games aren't always just like filled with super varying color or whatever. You're skating all these bizarre magical locales. And other than it being just less difficult, the way it differs from previous Ali Ali games is you go back and forth. So like you're normally going left to right, but then you'll hit a ramp and you will do a switch and go back the other way and then like start going from right to left and you'll go back and forth a couple of times, which makes the levels seem like bigger. There are also multiple paths you can take. So you can push square at certain points to like flip to another track. And then you could get the gnarly path, which means that there's like more chances for you to get points and continue combos and stuff. But it's a little bit uh, harder to pull off, uh, which is fine. And even wiping out, if you do wipe out, is not that big a deal because there are several checkpoints throughout the stage. Um, one of the goals is to beat the stage without uh, wiping at all. Uh, but otherwise, if you don't hold to restart after you wipe out, you'll just start at your previous checkpoint. So not a big deal. 
Um, and that like makes it fun for people of all skill levels and stuff like that. Um, I beat the first world, like the first continent out of the five continents. Um, now I'm meeting all kinds of weird characters. Like I met a man whose head is a beach bucket with a starfish on it. Uh, and like the whole plot of the game is so dumb. It's basically, you want to get to Narvana (laughs) where all this, where all the skate gods live, but because the current skate God is like tired of being skate God or something. So you have to like go travel through the lands with them and pass all these skate tests to become the new skate God or something. Mm. It's, it's just really dumb, but the dialogue doesn't really matter at all, but it's like kind of charming or whatever. And it's very easy to skip through if you don't give a shit about that at all and just want to skate. Like at the beginning of every new stage, they will talk and you'll get a dialogue option that is like, tell me more about that or just shut the fuck up and let me skate. Basically uh so like if you don't want to hear that you can just do that and go in and do it but it is definitely filled with charm uh there is like an online mode that uh will let you like it'll procedurally generate stages that you can play and get high scores and stuff like that um and i think there are a couple other mechanics i have not yet unlocked like i know wall riding is was added in this game but i haven't uh done a tutorial for that or been able to do that yet so seems like it like steadily uh, has like unlocks and new stuff you can do. And eventually I think you can like unlock new moves, unlock new tricks and things like that. So uh, I like it. Uh, it is uh, $30 digital only on, I think everything. I I'm pretty sure it's on switch too, but it's definitely on steam uh, Xbox and PlayStation. So uh, very cool. And then the other game I played was Sifu, which is so fucking sick. I love beating the shit out of people with bare hands. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, some people are like, oh, I really like swords. Like, I really like bows. I really like guns. You give me a character who is sick at martial arts, I'm in. Uh, Sifu starts in a way that is the most stereotypical thing on earth. It's basically the beginning of Shenmue where Londi kills Ryo's father. And then Ryo is on a lifelong vengeance quest. Uh, the game starts, you are playing as the villain. So it's like an abilities type thing where you have like all the skills and stuff. You beat the shit out of everyone. You get to the dojo, you kill your master quote unquote. And then you find out that his son is in the closet. You kill the son and then uh turns out the dad had given the son a magical talisman and it like made it so he didn't die. Uh, and then he trains for eight years to be a martial arts master. And that's when you start the real game and you are the son. You are like, uh, I think, 18 and you have a sick magical talisman and you are now ready to go take down the group of people who were there when you killed when and killed your father. Um so it is made by Slow Clap Studios, the people who previously made Absolver, which was known for having a very mechanically complex hand-to-hand combat system. Uh, that game was pretty short and not very well received by a lot of people because it um, was a little too complex. Sifu is like kind of similar in that vein where it has like a lot of moves, but it definitely is not as hard to pull them off and like make cool shit happen, I guess. Uh, the the thing where I feel like Sifu kind of falters is that it is like sort of a roguelike, but it shouldn't be. Mm. 
I guess so. the The concept of the game is every time you die, you get older. Um, so like, say you die once in a level, that brings your death counter to one, uh, and you age up a year. If you then get killed again, you're, it goes up to two, and then to resurrect, you go up by two years, and so on and so forth. The game is over when you get to 70, I believe it is. Um, and then you just have to like go back and do better on previous stages. So like the way it works is you start the stage with the lowest age you've ever been. So it's one of those things where they want you to replay the stages to get like better at the game and then start the next stage with a lower age. Uh, but like, that's fine because I think the combat is good enough and stuff, but it's not like a roguelike where it's procedurally generated. It's always the same. That's good. Um, but then it's like, if you do the same stage four times, like you're just seeing the same thing over and over again. So like that gets boring, but it also has like dark souls style shortcut unlocks. So then you might just be able to like skip a quarter of the stage or whatever, because you've already done it. So obviously you're going to die less by virtue of that. Um, I played for an hour. I only did the first level. I died way more times than I should have. And then I stopped for the evening last night, but I will go back and do it again after I play the second stage or whatever. Uh, but it just like, you feel like such a badass in a way that I can't even explain. Like sometimes in games, when people are punching other people, it doesn't like look like it has a lot of impact. Like you look like you are fucking these people up. Mm. And you can pick up weapons, and one of the main weapons is like just a, a lead pipe, and he holds it like in that weird backhand way, and then just like flicks his wrist to just like fuck these people up in the face with a lead pipe, and that is so sick. And they have like a balance meter, and so you either can beat them by taking down all their health, or if you get their balance meter, you get like a Arkham Asylum style like triangle circle finisher thing. And then you just like annihilate them in this weird, cool, invincible cinematic and then get some health back. Uh, and so it's fun. And like each level seems very well crafted. I guess people were saying that on average, it takes about 10 hours to beat when that's counts like going back and redoing some of the stages to uh, get a lower age or whatever. Um Yeah, so I, I just I just like it overall. The only other thing that I would complain about other than the roguelike aspect is the way the skills work. Um, you have to unlock every skill four times and then it is permanently unlocked forever. So like say you unlock a move with experience points that is like a push forward forward triangle to do like this uh, forward kick, right? If you die or if you start over you lose that ability until you buy it again. But if you buy it four times, you get it forever. I don't know why they wouldn't just like make it so that it costs more experience and then you just get it forever. Uh, it just seems like a weird arbitrary, like gating thing. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I would say is a lot of the moves seem like very specific. So it seems like one of those things where you think like, oh, like I will need this because I've fought these guys recently and they have that. Then you'll get to the next stage and be like, oh, fuck, I, this is not helpful here. Oh, uh, so I, I, I don't know how that plays out. Um, 
but but we'll see i guess uh it is very good haptic feedback Mm -hmm. and the in the first level it's raining and you just like feel the rain in the controller and i think that's really cool uh i think it actually only is on ps4 and ps5 it's not on steam maybe it's on the epic game store but if it's just on ps4 and ps5 they sold 500,000 copies and that's like really good for three days on something that's only on playstation as an indie game it says microsoft windows oh interesting maybe it's maybe it's just on epic game store then or maybe it hasn't come out yet uh yeah that i don't know but yeah, I, I guess they okay. They didn't sell. Uh, they five hundred thousand people have played. Uh, so I don't know what that means. It's available uh, on the Epic Game Store. Okay, yeah. So yes, uh, and that like usually they sell a lot less that way because people get mad when it's only on Epic. But but they make all that money up front because yeah. because the way it works is Epic is like how much do you project to sell? And they're like, we're going to sell this many. And then Epic just writes them a check for that amount. So, yeah. And so 500,000 copies for three days, I think is like very good for a game like this, especially one where it's like pretty difficult. Uh, yeah, I, it's definitely not for everyone, but I do think it is a really cool game. Like the parrying window is so tight. I can't do it. Mm. Uh, so I just end up blocking instead, which works just as well. But then you don't get like a free attack or whatever. But maybe I'll get it. But it's it seems very tight. And like, obviously, it is very mechanically complex with like a bunch of different moves to remember and stuff like that. But mm. uh, aesthetically, it is very nice. Um, I know that I, there have been a lot of articles about how it might not like represent uh, the Chinese culture. It's trying to like pay homage to very well. Uh, like if you can read the Chinese, I guess a lot of it is like really fucked up and stuff like that. So I I, I have no frame of reference for that personally. Right. So I can't like say one way or the other. Um, but yeah, I, I do like it and I am excited to continue playing it. So now very much sounds like a game that is not up my alley, but Ali Ali World, that is I should play that, right? Yeah, I think I think you should play it. And like I said, whereas like the previous Ali Ali games were like super difficult, this one it's just like, hey, you want to just get through it? Like, just have fun skating. Just get I, it done. I'm trying to push myself and play harder games. So like like a more different, especially like 2D. And this seems like it might be like more like a 2D platformer anyway, in a weird way. Yeah, it is. So like I I like the, those kind of difficult games anyway. Like I like Ori and just like. Stuff, so. no yeah but ali ali one and two were like brutal i couldn't i couldn't beat them literally okay they would just like it's one of those things where you would be like oh i need to get this score and then you would wipe out like near the end of the level and have to start all over and it'd just be like oh my god fucking please kill me <laughs> uh whereas this one is just like more geared towards like players having fun than being like extremely skilled is so. it is, are the first two more like trials Yes, basically. You're just like, fuck. I, I, oh, my. Because like, those are, like, fucking wild, too, where you just hit a point where, you're like, like uh, there's, like, 2% of the population in the world that could do this. Yeah, and so, like, it's it's also one of those things where in Ali Ali 1 and 2, you have to do a certain amount of things to be able to, like, get to the next levels. So it's one of those things where, like, eventually, if you're not good enough, you're not going to be able to progress, whereas this is not, like, that's not the case with this. But then, like, if you want to go back and, like, go for those higher scores you can and yeah you can or like if you want to go back and like do the challenges and they obviously there are like side quest stages and secret stages that do have unlocks but it's never like you're not going to be gated out of beating the game quote unquote unless there is some crazy thing at the end i don't know about but 
yeah and it's just it's one of those things where like i look at it and i'm just like this is fun <laughs> you know and like just playing it it's just like i'm having a good time i like that yep. whereas there were a couple times in sifu where i was like i'm mad right now <laughs> uh last question ali ali world um yeah are there leaderboards? Because this seems like a game that would be great for leaderboards. So I believe it does. One of the things it does is if you replay a level you already beat, it'll like pull a random user who has beaten the level and give you their score. And then if you beat that, it's just like, good job. You fucked Rolf up or whatever. I don't know that there's any reason to do that, but that that does happen. I don't have any friends on my PlayStation friends list who are also playing it, but I would assume it does it uses your friends for that if uh yeah because i was gonna like i assume like ps4 ps5 there should be enough infrastructure yeah yeah it should and like four scores in theory uh when i when i just beat that first world it unlocked the like endless run procedurally generated thing Mm -hmm. so i think that might be like a daily challenge where you could compete against your friends as well i just hadn't done it yet right which i mean you said you played an hour of it so like yeah yeah so we'll see uh but yeah i like i like both of those games so i'm glad and they're both like shorter so i should have them both done before elden ring comes out so what that's in a couple weeks right two weeks yep now there is no world where you would you're gonna get horizon right like it doesn't matter what scores it gets and what no yeah like i i hope it gets very good scores and it seems like it's going to because every like preview thing i've seen people have been like pretty generally gushing about it so yeah like i Uh, one person say like they will not be surprised if it's like in the 90s which would be crazy no yeah that that's really cool um but no yeah i just uh, it's just not for me and also it would be one of those things where if i hadn't beaten it i would just stop playing it to play elden ring anyways sure and that's that's another reason why like outside of thinking i won't like triangle strategy just being like i'm not gonna play this if i'm playing elden ring (laughs) you know what i mean yeah so i'm i'm trying to be better about that where i'm not trying to just buy like fucking 90 video games at a time and then not playing any of them i really would like to like focus on games until i beat them this year sure yeah yeah okay well awesome yeah okay so all right manny now for our part three i'm kind of excited about this because this is okay uh this is a, a podcast first a podcast first oh my god yes so i reached out to one of our listeners max no way and i had i'm like so we have like user questions or listener oh man okay ever so yes um he asked a, a couple questions uh, one i think we can kind of get into and have like a a much deeper conversation than even he might realize Okay. Uh, but the first one he asked, um, if you could make, I, if you could have any game made for you, who would you want to make it? What genre would it be? And what key features would it be? Uh, would it have? Um, I can go first because my okay is <laughs> so crackdown. No, it, it <laughs> might as well be. It, it's just a sequel to Sunset Overdrive, to be honest. <laughs> You're a criminal. You're, a, you're an actual criminal. But isn't that surprising? No, it's not surprising at all. I get it. Because, uh, like, it's never going to happen. So, yeah. I, and I really like that game. Because, like, the truth is, like, what do I want? I don't know what I want. I want, like, a studio to make a really great game that I like. Yeah. Because, like, I, let's, let's, like, go back. 
to like 2015 mm-hmm. and ask Zelda fans, what do they want the next Zelda game to be? No one would describe what Breath of the Wild ended up being. No, that's almost certainly true. Yeah, and, and I think that's a case here of like, what do I want? I don't know what I want. I want like, 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 I want like great games, and I don't know exactly what it, it's going to be. But like, much smarter people need to be making these games, and like, you know, and I hope they end up being, being great. So like, but like, so like, my simple brain, what do I want? I would just want a Sunset Overdrive too. <laughs> Made by Insomnia. Made by Insomnia. Ideally, uh, I mean, if someone else could do it, go ahead. But I don't know. I can't think of any other studio that could pull that off, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, can you? Uh, No, because the Jet Set Radio team, I don't think exists anymore. Well, and also, like, that is so different. uh, Where, like, I, I feel like... I Like, the Jet Set Radio, I don't think they it plays as well. Uh, I mean, that is that is true. Yes. No, I, but I, it was also old. It was also much older. Yes. Awesome. No, uh, that that's what I would want. Uh, I don't know if it's the most exciting answer, but it's like it's not that surprising. either. <laughs> <laughs> so many. I'm sure you will have a much more interesting answer. So for for me, mine is more like nebulous i guess Mm -hmm. because like i wouldn't want a specific game i guess i would want a specific type of game what like john i would want it to be a jrpg that is that actually evokes the feelings in me that super nintendo rpgs evoke in me and it's one of those things where it's like both nostalgic but also I think the writing is very good. I think the characters are charming and I think that the like setting overall works really well with all of it because that's one of the things and why I, I actually think about this a lot where I have now come to terms with the fact that I, there will never be a video game that I like and resonate as much with as Chrono Trigger. Mm -hmm. And it's because of one of those things where sometimes limitations make games better. Um, and it's one of those things where, yes, they had the best JRPG creative minds of all time all together in this dream team working on that game. But like they only had the Super Nintendo, whereas now games are so much larger and they have voice acting and all these like big 3D, uh, like 4K landscapes and things like that, that sometimes I feel like people just get away from this game should be fun and good and cohesive. Right. And that's not true of everything, right? Like there are still indie developers out there who are doing exactly what I want with this, but it's just one of those things where no games make me feel that way, where it's just like, Oh, this is like, I love this game. Like this immediately. I love this game as a JRPG and a turn-based game. One, because I think games are much less traditionally turn-based now. And if they are, they are trying to recreate that era of Chrono Trigger. Like literally every game Tokyo JRPG factory has made. Right. Yes. So, and I hate, they all suck in my opinion. Like they just are trying to capture an era and not able to do it. And that's one of those things where I don't know what that game would be because I don't know that I would like want it to be a sequel to something. I'd want it to just be like, Hey, we made this RPG. You know what I mean? Now, what if Square Enix announced that they were making a remake to Chrono Trigger, but in mm-hmm. the style of like Final Fantasy VII? 
So I think that would be interesting, but I also don't think it would be as good. Right. Because it's one of those things where, like, I don't know. There's something about Chrono Trigger specifically where it is of just such a specific length that, like, it doesn't feel bloated. Oh, it doesn't get, like, out of control. I, I not necessarily where it's like, hey, we're we're turning this into five games. I'm just saying, like, you know, just like they do a little bit more of the action style with the combat and all of that stuff, and like it, it look like it looks great. They obviously, you know, like the art style looks more modern than you know the the Super Nintendo era. Yeah, I mean, I would lose my mind about that, and I would get excited, but I guess I would much rather they just do an HD 2D thing. Sure. Because also they're criminals if they don't. Within the next five years, if there is not an HD 2D remake of Chrono Trigger, they have actually fucked up. So they're doing it with Live Alive. Alive. Like how? How? That's buck wild. Makes no sense to me. It's awesome, but like that's weird. So yeah, I guess to mobile. I mean, what else do you want, man? Oh god, that that port is so fucking bad too. Somehow the DS version of Chrono Trigger is the best version to play. How did I don't that know. The, the Super Nintendo version we played was pretty good. Okay, the Super Nintendo version is good, yes. But the DS version, like, doesn't have long load times like the PlayStation version and has the enhancements of the PlayStation 1 version. So, like, it has anime cutscenes still. So I would say, for most people, I would say if you're going to play it, play the DS version. But that's not, like, we weren't going to play the DS version together. You know what I mean? And I don't think, like, it, anime cutscenes would be doing it for me anyway no yeah the the ds version also added more content which actually kind of detracted from the game but we don't have to get into that um so yeah i guess i would just want like square enix to make a good jrpg which actually kind of happened with dragon quest 11 so i guess i can't really complain <laughs> but like that's what i want and i, I did like dragon quest 11 but i wanted to feel i wanted to feel magical would you like I think one of the biggest issues that just JRPG video games in general, but especially JRPGs, where every single conflict is like, it's the end of the world. Yes. I mean yes. Like like can we come up with something a little different? The answer is no, apparently. Because <laughs> Amnesia? It's the end yeah. of the world. Oh god. I fuck Amnesia is my least favorite trope in JRPGs. I can't do it. It's in media. It's not just the fucking no, dude, the plot, the plot twist of Final Fantasy eight is that every character has amnesia. (laughs) And when it got to that reveal, I almost just deleted the game from my PS3 that I was playing it on. (laughs) And I texted Scott and said, are you fucking serious? And he's like, I forgot about that. And I was like, oh, my God, man, what the fuck? Every one of them had amnesia. Fuck off. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, I guess I would just want a JRPG that, like, recaptures that same childhood magic in me, you that, know? That, that is, that's asking a lot. I Oh, it is. It will almost certainly never happen. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. A game I kick-started called Kingdoms of the Dump, which was just delayed until 2023, actually, uh, that could do it. But that's made by an indie developer. Now, did Breath of the Wild make you feel like a child again? Yes. Okay. So it is possible that a game can make it is possible to do that. And like that, that is why I like breath of the wild so much too, is like, it made me feel like the first time I was playing Ocarina of time again. Okay. Where, but, but it's not the same, right. Too. It's like, it was a different style of game. So that that's especially a weird one. 
I was just kind of wondering, like, because, like, I got that a little bit more with Link's Awakening. Like, Breath of the Wild just never did it for me. But, like, I mm-hmm. like Link's Awakening gave me more like, hey, this is like when I was like a kid uh, playing like yeah. Nintendo. Uh, oh, I just keep looking at the Mina the Hollower Kickstarter and it just like, God, I wish it was out right now. I just want to play basically Link's Awakening right now. <clears throat> so uh, the other question he asked is uh, a much like, I th- I, as I said, I think we can get into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your opinions of esports as a whole? I get the feeling Manny is not a fan of competitive melee based on what he has said about the scene. But what do you think overall? Is it good for video games? Has it had a has it had a positive or negative impact? How do you think esports or how people view them will change in the future? Uh, so I think first off, our opinions of esports. I mean, like you and I have been to multiple fighting game tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and Manny, you've actually competed in uh, like competitive smash uh i have yes <laughs> you got destroyed by nerd josh but you i know. did uh i mean i also i i've competed in street fighter several times too and i did better in street fighter so i feel good about that uh, and like i i think we both enjoy melee uh competitively uh, yeah i but i mean this is, this is a weird one for me i guess uh like the big thing is like compared to smash wii u Mm-hmm. I will happily watch Melee because, like, my oh, it's way faster. <laughs> yeah. Anytime there'd be like a Smash Wii U top eight, you're like, this is gonna take four to five hours. And like, let me just go take a fucking seven hour nap before Street Fighter. <laughs> like, what the fuck? They scheduled this chunk for two hours, and it's gonna go two hours over, and it's just gonna be the sl- where like Melee, it's a two hour. Like it's a two-hour top eight. Like I think Melee and um, uh, Marvel, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, or uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom three. Yes, those Melee and Marvel both are like just pacing, like the two best paced like fighting games, because like their top eights take like two hours, and they're they're like entertaining and fun to watch. So like yeah, like. I I don't really have the affinity for melee like pretty a lot of other people do just because like I just played a lot as a kid, but I mm. enjoy watching uh, like competitive melee, and I watched like uh, that the like that documentary series they did on like the the gods or whatever they call them. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of what that that series was called now. Do you, do you, can you remember? Uh, I don't know offhand. Uh... Uh, but I guess, like, for you, it's a little more complicated, I guess. Yeah, whereas, like, I I have a hard time in my brain, and this is probably just because we've gone to fighting game tournaments. To me, esports is and, not like, games is not. not fighting games no. and, like, Smash. And I know that's not technically true because they are, like, the same thing. Like, you are still doing a highly skilled thing, and it is basically esports. But fight, I feel like the fighting game community and by extension, the Smash community, which is like a separate but also tied together community. Well, it like esports to me, like they started with like RTSs, real time strategy games. Yeah. Starcraft. Uh, the fighting game community, they kind of formed their own thing. Mm-hmm. They kind of, I mean, they, but they've been around since like the 90s, like doing tournaments yeah. and like, and then there, there's like the competitive Smash scene. 
that they started by doing their own thing and then eventually kind of got absorbed into the fighting game community in a lot of ways. But like there was a lot of backlash with a lot of that as well. Mm-hmm. And I assume there's still a lot of backlash. I don't pay attention to the to the fighting game community, the FGC. Oh, there definitely is. People uh, people talk shit about Smash players all the time. And like I it's weird because I just uh, part of the reason that I don't like competitive smash as much is because it was beaten out of me basically like i loved playing smash and i liked playing it a lot but i had friends who were so into melee that they just like sucked the fun out of it completely it was like one of those things where it's like we can't just play to have fun like we have to play to be the best possible players ever and like it was weird for me because like they did not play that many video games outside of smash. I mean, they would still play several other ones, but like they would just play smash all day, every day. Whereas like, obviously if you listen to this podcast, that's not how I play games. You know what I mean? Like I will do something like I did in Pokemon legends where like, I play a game for 70 hours and like complete it quote unquote, and then move on to something else. Right. Because I, I think you have a similar thing where it's just like, I just don't want to play the same game for that long. I, I, I really did try to get into street fighter five. You did. Yeah. Um, which I probably put like over 500 hours into it and mm-hmm. I, I got pretty good at it, but it is one of those things where like it hit a point where like video games stopped being fun. Yeah, and like so that is why I specifically when uh Smash Ultimate came out, I invited Scott over and I said fun only. Like we are <laughs> this is the fun only zone. As soon as someone gets super competitive and butt hurt about losing or something, we're done. I'm kicking you all out of this house because I like I just, I want to have fun with Smash. And so I did, I had fun with Ultimate and like when me and Nukio will get together, we would get together and play whenever any of the new DLC characters would come out. Like I, I would, I I would have fun with that. But I do think that Nukio also, he likes to play games competitively, right? Like he watches apex legends all day he plays apex legends like when we played overwatch he was very into strategy and like he wanted to win and like he wanted to play ranked and the reason that i never want to play ranked in games like that is because of what you said like i just at a certain point it stops being fun like i played so much overwatch with nukio and scott and i would get so at a certain point i would just fucking lose my shit Mm -hmm. like we would be playing with other teammates and i would just I would get so angry that I would like have to quit. Right. There would be matches where I would just alt F for the game. I would just be like, I'm done with this shit. And Scott would text me and be like, are you okay? And I'd just be like, no, I fucking hate this game and I'm done with it. And so at a certain point I just like uninstalled overwatch and I was like, I, I can't do this. Right. Um, whereas I, I know that getting competitive like that in things is, rewarding in its own way. Re- rewarding in its own right for people right but like for me i guess that's not why i go to video games and it does remove the fun a little bit i i just hit a point where like i'm much more interested in like what is this video game like what are the game mechanics how, how can i master these like not master them but like how can i get like a at least a, a base level understanding of them how can i get through this like i i've just kind of hit a point where like 
I, I have more fun just like bouncing around and trying these different things and like kind of dipping my toe in everything. And I am trying to like finish it more, finish more games. I am trying to push myself and play a little harder games because up until this point, I usually would just pick put games on easy and just play them that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, like I, I, I think it's the same way with like for you with Street Fighter Five. It just hit a point where it's like I'm not playing this for fun like i'm training for the tournament or whatever it, it's mm-hmm. not a hobby anymore it, yeah it's like more and like it, i don't know it's just like i i just i'm in my 30s i just want to like <laughs> i just want to enjoy life you know it's like let's just like relax at night i i don't want to just like be stressed out all the time and frustrated yeah and i i think the other part of that is like I'm not good. Like I'm very bad at fighting games, like on a general scale. Whereas like my brother is very good at fighting games. And like, I think Nukio is the same way. Like they can just like play a new fighting game and they get it like right away. Like they could just like, Oh, this is a combo string. Like I can do this or I can do that. And that even like translated like my brother played melee on his on an emulator all one summer so he's better than me at melee now whereas he wasn't when we were kids uh and like nukio is the same in smash but like those skills and the reflexes that they have translate over to that mm-hmm. so it's just one of those things where like sure you and me could play street fighter against each other and it could become like an even match but like if i was going to play street fighter against my brother i'm going to be thrown in a dumpster immediately uh like can you we just take that out and just say in a fighting game in in a fighting game in any fighting game right but like especially if we were going to play marvel against him like we wouldn't even be able to play yeah he he would do it he would do a touch of death combo to our entire team in one hit and like wipe us out random team and just destroy us oh yeah like that's when he beat uh, ben uh-huh. on his birthday he picked all random and ben had trained for weeks to beat him at this uh-huh. and he was like no i can do it uh-huh. and willie was picking fucking all random and beating him badly every time and it was just one of those things where like oh why did you think you could do this like this is so hard to watch but also really funny um uh-huh. and so like yeah like other than that portion of it like taking the fun out of it for me I was never going to like get good enough to like go pro, right? Like I was never just going to be like, oh, this is like, I'm going to like win these tournaments or whatever. Like I was never going to do that. I was never going to make it out of pools. You know what I mean? And for me, the other big thing is just like, I don't have the right mental. I I don't know exactly. Like mentally, I'm just like, you have to be strong with those and you have to take the take the losses and i just like i take them so hard when i spent like all that time training and practicing with street fighter 5 and then i went 0-2 at that tournament and just got demolished it just it just broke me and i was just like i i i like in and i mean but you have to just be able to like kind of like let that stuff go and like i just i can't i i i really kind of dwell on that stuff a lot more so like and that's that's like physically I'm just not going to ever be that good and then mentally I'm not strong enough so like it's just like like competitive games are just not for me although yeah. I did get pretty good at competitive Pokemon you did yeah uh, but that's mo- that's like less of a skill like there's no skill involved there that's yeah. just like how much knowledge do you have mm-hmm. and then like uh, like reading the other person 
Yeah. Which I'm not very good at either. And that's what always kind of held me back. Whereas to like, to answer the other part of his question, I do think esports are good for video games. Um, it, it depends, I guess is the caveat to that question because like, yes, the overwatch league helped get a lot of views for overwatch and it helped that game grow. Or whereas like the competitive scene in like apex or call of duty, like they are supplemental to the normal fan base of those games but they work and they do get more money and as more people try to get into it uh those scenes are able to grow like look at how huge uh worlds is for league of legends right like people buy jerseys of those teams and people like are like i i know people who have fucking clg hoodies you know what i mean like they those are huge to people like people watch League of Legends matches like their football games on days when they are out. Like I, I know people in real life like this. I mean, what was it last year? We went to um, Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> it was on the TV at Buffalo Wild Wings. I mean, like yeah, and like so, like games like League of Legends and Dota. Those are huge aspects of that, and I think that that also is. A, a large part of why people play those games as well is right. like people just like competing in those. They like the competitive mindset of it or whatever, which does in both of those games lead to a certain degree of toxicity that is very high. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that, that comes with everything. So it, it's not like I'm forgiving that, but I'm just saying like the toxicity comes in all, all shapes and sizes for any game really. Um, and so, yeah, like it is a cool thing. And um, like I work at a college there was no esports team. And then two years ago, my boss and one of my coworkers like worked really hard to make an esports team. And originally there, like the team itself played overwatch. Uh, and then there were like some people who competed in individual games on the side, which were smash and rocket league. Oh. Uh, but like there are collegiate leagues, like the NJCAA, there are sanctioned collegiate tournaments for, like Super Smash Brothers and Rocket League and Overwatch and Valorant and League of Legends, right? Whereas the reason that they picked Overwatch was because that's what the coach and the assistant coach had more experience in, having played it themselves. Right. Uh, and so, like, they were able to, like, more accurately, like, coach the team on that. And no one, I guess, really had an interest in playing League of Legends uh, mm. that was, like, gonna interested in the team. Whereas now, because of all the stuff that happened at Blizzard, uh, the coach decided to move to Valorant. Okay. Uh, instead of Overwatch, and this is their first season doing Valorant, but like obviously, same type of deal. Like you can do that, and it's a really cool thing because when we were that age, that wasn't a thing really. I mean, like yes, people played StarCraft in Korea and like sold out arenas or whatever, but it was never just like something that we could do. Like I could never go to college and join an esports team or like join an. E- I, there were esports clubs for League of Legends at my college, but it's just one of those things where like, that's really cool. And like those kids are able to meet like-minded people who are also competitive and really like that game or really like video games in general and like form a bond with people. And then, Hey, maybe move on and like play at a four-year college. Cause I work at a community college. Uh, and I think that's really cool. Like for the kids and the fact that it's like growing and the fact that it can be recognized as a sport because like people, people want to like shit on it all the time and say things like, you know, oh, it's not a real sport, but like it takes mental fortitude. Like you talked about, like you have to be able to take the losses. You have to have the discipline to 
learn and grow from your losses to be able to actually like spend time practicing, to be able to work as a team. Like there are very real sports like skills that you get from those team based games. Now, like single games like smash and stuff. Yes, they do still take that same training discipline, but you don't necessarily have to learn to work as a team, but you do have to learn to read the other person. And there are other slightly different skills involved with that. Right? There are sports like tennis that are all individual as well. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Um, <clears throat> it is very difficult to become like a professional, like, like player, but I, mm-hmm. I'm a step of a step further. Cause like, like in a way, like I would say like speed running is almost like part of esports and just sure. Like, it is like it is competitive it i think I, it's like collaborative and competitive at the same time the way they they kind of like work together to find stuff but i think there is that like competitive aspect and there and like they have their their events that they and i'm much more interested in that i enjoy watching that a lot more than just like watching like competitive where i'm just like, i just like i enjoy watching people like go through these games very quickly and that's that's really i've been watching a ton of speed runs the last like basically the last month I just kind of sit down and I just watch a, a speed run of something before mm-hmm. bed. So last night I watched uh, Rayman origins. Oh, nice. Which, you know, Rayman is cool. Uh, so, but like, yeah, I, I don't think like there's anything bad about esports. Um, no, I, I, I don't either. And like, I, to his point where like, I kind of like talk shit about like the melee community a lot. Um, that part of it is more just like people are refusing to accept new games and weirdly enough the age of empires 2 community is like that right where they just like outright refuse to play three competitively because it was like a dog shit game right i have a hard time shitting on people for that because i own civ 6 and like i'm just like i don't why would i play this and then i just no i know and i get it especially if you were playing it at a professional level but like at a certain point if there is a game that is like fine or whatever which so i don't know and games like live or die by that though no i agree what you're saying i'm just like for me like i i can't shit on people for doing that when i literally do that with civ 5 uh i could play civ 6 but I'm going to play just Civ 5. No, and and that's, that, that is fair. Like, sometimes a new game comes out and it's just not as good. But it's one of those things where sometimes the competitive scene is actually detrimental to, like, new games in that genre or in that franchise yeah, because like the, of that. The Nintendo game, I think, is a perfect example of that. Uh, not the... Yeah. The, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Um, where, like, the fan base, like, what was it? Like, the second day, they're like, this game's dead. <laughs> yeah and i mean now it literally is right uh, even though they put out garfield and shredder but it's one of those things where like yeah because the people who you would want to watch play it that were like really good at melee stopped playing it to go back to melee or go back to smash ultimate and i get that from their end because like people are watching them to stream those games if they're not getting the viewership for streaming something new or they don't enjoy it why do it but I don't know. You don't have to be so vocal and shitting on that kind of stuff. And I get it. Like I, I have things I don't like, and this podcast is my platform to do that. So I, I understand it, but like, that's why I, I, I like to dunk on them too, but also the smash community, like, you know, they've had some fucking wild shit in the past couple of years with like, uh, like pedophilic accusations and like uh match collusion and all kinds of wild shit. And not to say that, other things don't have that but you know it's just that that part hasn't been good whereas like i watch mango stream a lot 
I do. I, I like his personality. I like watching him play melee. Wasn't there I like watching him play other games? Say that again. Wasn't there a whole thing with his wife? Like there five. was, and apparently none of that was true. Yeah, like I didn't think it. It did seem like he did have, have a bit of a drinking problem, though. Uh, he, I, I can't judge that. As someone who doesn't drink, I like I can't judge that usually. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. Like that ended up not really being a big thing, you know right. what I mean? And so, and I think. I, I, uh, yeah, I like I I just like watching competitive play sometimes. Like I I still will sometimes tune into like Wednesday night fights or whatever. Whereas like I'm much more in the competitive side of like watching Smash and fighting games than I am of like, dude. I find watching fucking League of Legends and stuff like excruciating. I cannot do it. I try. But I get that. That's why people don't like sports. You know. I tried watching CS:GO and I was like, I am not into this at all. Yeah. Uh, but like, I think the other big thing for me is I am actually a sports fan. Like I watched hockey a lot. So like I get that scratch like itched from like from like an actual sport. So like competitive, like a competitive video game. I, I do have a little bit old man yelling at clouds mentality where I'm like, I'd rather just play something or, you know, as I said, like watch, you know, like um, a speed run rather than. Mm. But I do enjoy watching fighting games. That is the one. I There are some fighting games I enjoy watching. But I'll admit, I haven't really watched that in a couple of years. But that's because, like, Evo didn't happen last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will definitely watch Evo when that this year. Yeah. Because, uh, like, last year had a whole thing with, you want to talk about pedophilia. That, that Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that's the whole thing with Mr. Wizard. Yeah, that's weird. And I mean that like scandals happen in sports too. You know oh, what I mean? So it's not like it's just like oh hey the video games are ruining these people. It's like no that happens in sports. That happens in everything. Did you hear about um, with the Chicago Blackhawks at all? I'm just kind of curious if no, I did not. Uh, about ten years ago, like one of the trainers like basically raped one of the players and Jesus finally spoke out about it this year and like there's been a whole lawsuit and it's been a whole mess of like Chicago like covering it up and it. A lot of bad things happened over the basically the last year with that stuff. So I was wondering if that really kind of like got out of the hockey community at all. It sounds like it didn't. No, that I had not seen. Yeah, I, like, I only get notifications about Sex in the City's reboot, Matt. Still haven't watched it? No, uh, but my phone still thinks that it is the only thing I care about. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, maybe now that it's heard this... Uh, I will learn about the Blackhawks. I don't. I don't know. Or maybe it'll be like I heard Manny is the biggest fan of League. Yeah, it's, it's, he's like Manny loves League of Legends, <laughs> which is only partially true. I do think the world is really cool and all the games around it. So, no, I'll no, competitive League. <laughs> and it's just yeah, like the last time Nukio was at my house, he was like, "Can we watch Apex Legends?" And like, yes, you can, because like you're here visiting, and if you want to do that, that's whatever. It's just that kind of like I just I am not invested in that at all. You know what I mean? Like sniping someone from like fucking all the way across the map. It's just like, just I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me. But just as not all sports do it for everyone, it's the same way. But to answer the like overall broader question, I guess I do think that um, esports are good overall for uh, video games when they have them. It does kind of suck when games try to like force it. Oh, um, evolve. 
you like evolve and like the E3 showings of it were like, check out the competitive evolve action. And it's like, bro, your game's not even out yet. Like what the fuck? There also have never been another weird asynchronous competitive game like this before. And sometimes that'll happen, but you know, like rocket leagues competitive scene came about naturally, like fighting games obviously makes sense. Cause it's a competitive head to head thing. Like that came about naturally smash came about naturally um people just started like doing competitive shooting game things and then those companies took that in that direction whereas i feel like shooting games do sometimes try to force it but like it makes more sense just because that's like that happens anyways naturally usually so yeah it's very weird but like when the new marketing of a brand new game like that's the first the studio has ever made or is the first in the franchise and they're like competitive extreme and you're like oh boy this is going to fail immediately, isn't it? Yeah. So, so I like that, that part of it, I don't think is great, but yes, I, I think it's a great way for those properties to make more money, a way for them to be seen by more people. Uh, it, it is more widely accepted now, but like just knowing how it's dealt with at the college and stuff, like people still don't, get it or don't care about understanding it and like it's a miracle that the college is able to have an esports team and like was able to get funding for it because it's just one of those things where it's like well they're not playing sports but it's like dude it's cheaper like they're gonna buy these pcs they won't need more for like five years because the games they play are competitive and they don't update the graphics or whatever they don't have to travel to play Valorant in tournaments against other teams and stuff like, Oh, is it all just online? Yeah. Oh, so it's like one of those things where it just, I think a lot of people misunderstand it still just like a lot of people sometimes will misunderstand the way video games work and things like that. But it's also like, you know, the super jock athletic people who are like, I love baseball and I love basketball. Like they don't give a fuck about understanding esports, And so it's one of those things where it's just like that part kind of sucks. But then when you meet the people who are like, yeah, I'm trying to understand it. Like, I think that's really cool. And it is one of those things like some colleges offer scholarships for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which, speaking of real sports, mm-hmm. uh, you are listening to a podcast where neither one of us are going to watch the Super Bowl on Sunday. That is true. When is Have true. you ever watched the Super Bowl? Yes, when I was in college. I haven't watched it in probably 15 years. Uh, yeah, I remember there was one weekend we hung out and played a game, and then we were both like, is that <laughs> the Super Bowl? <laughs> and it was. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um. Which, I mean, we used to hang out on Sundays, like... Yeah, yeah. Literally, like, every week for, like, several years, so... Hmm. I mean, we def- we probably hung out on multiple Super Bowl Sundays. Oh, yeah, probably half of the last 15 Super Bowls. Uh, so... Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that that is a good question. I like that one, because, yeah, we can expound upon that. Um, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know if we talk about it a lot, like there was probably like a three, four year period where we were going to fighting game tournaments in, in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we were competing in all of them necessarily, but we were definitely watching. And like, oh, yeah, usually I'd go there to watch. And like, if anyone listening has like, is interested in like fighting game tournaments or even plays any type of competitive game. And like, you have never been to like an actual competitive venue. Like it is, it is wild. Like I just, 
I can't even describe the feeling of like when you and everyone around you is getting hyped for some crazy shit that just happened or like you're rooting for a player you really like. Like it, it is like fucking electric. Like it's crazy. I also it, it's really cool. Note that uh, Manny was on stream getting just demolished on in Street Fighter Five. Yeah, there is video footage out there of when Street Fighter Five first came out. I played against Arturo Sanchez live on stream because he was a prominent player and they're like oh we got to put him up on stream to showcase it i played birdie and street fighter 5 and i got absolutely ass blasted live on stream i don't know if you remember i was your coach and i leaned in and was like i have no advice for you (laughs) so yeah uh that, yeah, you got demolished. I did. And then I I should ask Ralph if he still has that picture. Someone took a picture of me looking at the screen with just my mouth open. And uh, someone said, like, when you're getting beat by Arturo Sanchez or some shit on it. And it was a pretty funny meme. I'll take it. Uh, I should ask if he still has that. But I yeah, I got absolutely destroyed. That so. would have been 2016, right? Would that have been Summer Brawl 2016? Yeah, that might have been Summer Brawl or... Winter Brawl? Or Winter, Winter Brawl. Or, well, it's what? Summer Brawl and Winter... Oh, God, I can't, can't even remember. Or is it Winter Brawl? I can't remember. It, it was definitely Summer Jam and Winter Brawl. So, so it, you know what? It might have been a Winter Brawl. Because I think it might have been like one like one of the first tournaments for Street Fighter Five. It was. It was one of the first tournaments for Street Fighter Five. So, so I don't know, but yeah, I got absolutely ass blasted. And then like the first Smash Four tournament that I competed in, Nerd Josh beat me into oblivion with uh, Duck Hunt, and I was like, "Who the fuck plays Duck Hunt?" And it's like, you, you're not even a Smash player, you're a fighting game player, and you're still kicking my ass. And then my loser's match, I played some dude with Greninja, and I had maybe fought Greninja three times total ever. I almost did win that one, but whatever. It was a much closer match, because we were both losers in losers. Uh, yeah. I did, like, when I, I actually went... Uh, I won a match when I played street fighter four against someone uh, as Cody. And like, that was a big deal to me. He was Seth and I beat uh, him. And it was one of those things where like I did well. And then also Ralph was coaching me because he doesn't suck at fighting games. And he was like telling me when I lost around, like, Hey, you're jumping too much. And that like triggered it in my mind. And then I did really well the next round. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a cool experience, like all around. I think even if you don't compete, it's uh, I I would go to watch more often than not. I would more go just because my brother was very good. too young to drive and very good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh man, remember that uh, expert maneuver I made in Philadelphia? I never forget. I bring that up all the time. <laughs> I don't think Willie can even drive that. So seven illegal maneuvers, but yeah, Willie could not drive that. No. Seven illegal maneuvers in like a 10 second time span. And we still lived and did not get arrested. So I, I mean, it was a good one. I mean, it was like really late at night. It was, and it was like kind of shitty out. I, I get it. I mean, were you there when I drove into the exit of the Dunkin' Donuts? I've heard about that. Oh my fucking, no one will ever let that go. (laughs) 
I I couldn't tell it was the exit and there were parking spots there for some reason. And I parked and they were all like, we were going to die. And I was like, oh, shut the fuck up. We were not going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, I just remember that uh, that hot maneuver. We're going to call it a hot maneuver in Philly. Yeah. It sure, it sure was. <laughs> I like, yeah. I I have a lot of great memories of going to tournaments with you guys. Like, yeah, uh, that the worst Denny's experience we've ever had. Yeah, like right at the start of dinner, that waitress walks over and is like, "You know, you have to tip, right?" And it's like, "Well, what a shitty way to start." <laughs> <laughs> and then I just remember, was it my brother that got a quesadilla? I got the quesadilla. Okay, but you opened that quesadilla, and Matt. That was the saddest quesadilla that had ever been made by someone. Imagine like 90% of it doesn't have any cheese or anything except a little dabble in the middle. And that was the quesadilla. That was so whack. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, we had a lot of fun at those tournaments for sure. And like, I definitely enjoyed those. It's sad that like Marvel doesn't really get played at a lot of tournaments anymore. Cause like, that's the only reason I would go, I think would be to see Marvel played live now, but right. You know, not always. Yeah. Yeah. But as I said, Evo is always fun to just kind of watch and see what the, cause like that is basically like the Olympics for fighting games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that's all I got on the subject. I think I've talked a lot. We've talked a lot. <clears throat> I, I that's why I put that one last. I was like, I think we can have like an actual much deeper conversation than he might even realize about mm-hmm. sports. Cause we do have a history that I don't know if we necessarily have talked about a lot. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, with that, thank you, Max, for those questions. I do truly appreciate yeah, it. People like reach out to us and like, maybe we'll create like a, an email if there's enough people to. Yeah. Like I will, I will always answer questions. I love talking about video games. I don't know if you guys have realized that yet, but oh, like, so it's not me just coming up with ideas. Like I, yeah, I, yeah. I will like welcome it. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, with that, um, the theme song is Sting Operation by the man Adamanaguchi. They're an excellent chiptune band. You should check them out. And we will be back next week. Peace out. Peace out.